D'Angelo. Malik. Juan. Jared. Jacob. Omari. James. Evan? Welcome to episode 130 of Wolfcast, the show that was nearly traded to Spotify, but will be staying with SB Nation due to a disagreement over draft pick protection. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. Back in Wolfcast studio for you. Shout out to the trade machine. <laughs> the trade machine the is, is working, working the magic of the trade machine. This yes. trade is successful. <laughs> yes, this trade is successful. And uh, yeah, we're back to another episode of Wolfcast. And joining us in the Wolfcast studio today, you already heard his voice. It is Canis Hoopus, editor in chief, aka the Daily Wolf. Put your hands together for John Meyer. Everybody's clapping. Everybody's clapping in their car and stuff. And like doing, hopefully not in the car. Doing the dishes and clapping all the water Fist everywhere. Fist in the air. Yeah. Is it like one hand on the wheel? Or is it like rhythmic clapping? Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't have to. Speculate over D'Angelo anymore. That's right. That's right. We uh, speculate over other things. Our long national nightmare is over. <laughs> That's um, right. We had uh, Neil. Per- it's good to have you back. Thank you. You're Appreciate wearing your uh, Wiggins, the best Wiggins jersey I think produced. It was the rookie mm-hmm. uh, Rising Stars challenge from the Brooklyn year. Brooklyn year. Yeah. Looks like City Lights on a black jersey. Really good. Only I, uh, only Wiggins jersey I ever owned. I I thought I owned a Wiggins jersey that fit me, but I dug it out and it was a small, so it was one I built. I bought for Meg. Oh yeah. Who also hosted while you were gone. That's uh, right. We've had several weeks now of. A Star-studded lineups because even wow. before you went on tour to the West Coast, yeah, uh, we, had we had Lucas on, mm-hmm. and then we had the show hosted by Becky and Meg, which is a very popular addition. And last week we had Jared on for the first time, and now you're back, and we got John back, and it just feels like we got you know the full starting lineup. You yeah, know? next week Josie's going to co-host. You know, she's going to get in here and get on the mic. We won't have to worry about putting headphones on her at least. <laughs> she is deaf, deaf dog. Uh, but yeah, we just like having guests, and hey, it's it's a very very special episode. It's a crazy week in Timberwolves uh, yep. history really it's a historic day in Timberwolves land so you know we had we got to get John up on here for all his insights and opinions. Usually, uh, the big stuff happens after Thursday night. Because yeah. then we're like, oh man, we just recorded the pod, and then some big news happened on a Friday. But uh, thankfully, trade deadline-wise, it's over before we recorded this. Because if we had recorded this yesterday, we would have just had to delete that file and record again. Okay, so before we get into week recap, let's just quickly say, you know, we're obviously today on the show, we're going to break down the whole trade deadline. You know, we a sponsor. We're gonna we're gonna get into a mailbag that's mostly about the trades. Um, you know, and you know we're gonna have a game and do weekly wolfies and all that stuff. But before we do week recap, where where were we when the when the deal? How went did down? you find out the news today? today? Yeah, today as we record this, the D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins trade. I was I was um, I'll start. I was just kind of still getting get my day going. You know what I mean? About to get some coffee going, even though it was like eleven a.m. and uh, still recovering from West Coast Pacific time. So it's kind of still groggy and stuff. And was just about ready to get really get kicking, and then all of a sudden the news comes down. Oh no, <laughs> the trade has happened. Then you were just glued to Twitter for the next two hours. That was or? it. That, you lose you lose a lot of time when uh, when when the bomb gets dropped. I was happy you were here because you had lots of good tweets today, Neil. Thank you. you. kept You kept it going. We picked up several followers, so I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. What How about, about you, you, John? Oh yeah, John. Uh, I was just working on my laptop, working away, 
kind of waiting for the next Woj bomb. <laughs> just, yeah, I, I figured, I kind of had a feeling that some stuff was going to happen today. It just felt like it was trending in that direction after yeah. the Covington trade. Yeah. And then it hit, and I, I was speechless for at least 10 minutes. I didn't, I didn't tweet anything. I just was, I didn't know what to say. I couldn't really believe that it actually had happened that they traded Wiggins for D'Angelo. I thought there was a, a, a strong chance that, it could happen, but also we like we've been talking it forever. So the other guy on my shoulder was like, "No, yeah. this is just it's not <laughs> going to happen." Yeah. Like it, it hasn't happened, yet, and it's not going to. And so I was really speechless for a while, but then it I reminded me myself. of the day D'Angelo signed with the Warriors, where we were on Twitter all day. I was uh-huh. like, "This is going to happen. He's coming to the Wolves. It's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen." And then you know, obviously, we had the rug pulled out from under us on that. So it kind of felt you know, similar, where it was just like there was so much smoke. Was there ever, ever going to be any fire to come of this? Yeah, so were we your work guy? What was your situation? I actually you didn't get back to us. You know, until a little bit later. Right. You know? I uh, I stayed home from work today. Sick. Oh, I was feeling a little under the weather. Have fine now. Have been all week, kind yeah. of. And I just figured, like, I just need to take a day off and sleep all day. And that's usually what I need when I've been kind of like low key sick. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna stay home. I slept until four mm. p.m. in the wow. afternoon, and I woke up to a bunch of text messages on my Jeez. phone and the Slack channel for NPR APM, where I work, American Public Media NPR. I got Slack notifications, including Lauren, uh, who's a coworker who likes the Wolves. I've mentioned her a few times. And she said, why aren't you here on the worst day ever? <laughs> All caps. So that's how I woke up to that. And I know she's a big Andy fan. So yeah. I was like... Okay, that must mean Andy's got like a uh, seeing all the texts and stuff. I was just like, okay, something big happened while I was asleep, and then I got to discover both Andrew is gone and Gorgie is gone at the exact same time. And basically, from four until seven thirty, when we got together to start recording this, I was just online, you know, trying to read and consuming, and, yeah. yeah, and it just felt like. I wish I kind of was up all day because I would have been able to uh, prepare more stuff for the show tonight. But I'm still just kind of sh- fresh off the shock of learning. You know, I've only been awake like four hours at this point. Wow. Yeah, it was a monumental day for sure. And we're going to dig into all of it. But uh, first, it's weird to wake up to all the news. Yeah, totally. First, we got to talk about uh, this last week and sort of the on-court stuff. Another week, happens. another uh, no additions to the win column. I lamented on last week's show. It's been like three weeks where <laughs> we just changed the loss number and we yes. don't touch that win number. And once again, it's stuck on 15. That's right. Well, 15 and 35, uh, 23rd on offense, 16th in defense. Net rating of 24th league-wide. And yes, the losing streak has ballooned to 13 games. We are a league-worst 5-27 and 27 since the end of November. Ooh, worst record in the league. That's no good. Unless we're going for draft picks, then it's beautiful. All right, baby. yeah, it depends how you look at it, I guess. But yeah, t- times were bad. Uh, you know, morale very, very low. Uh, all started uh, last Saturday uh, at Staples Center in Los Angeles. Um, a 106-118 loss to the Clippers. Your boy, me, I was in town. I got to go to Staples for the first time in my life. That was very cool. I wanted to go there for a long time and sort of been outside of it in the LA Live area in the past, but always wanted to experience what it's like inside. And uh, it was great. It was a really fun game. Um, and the experience was cool. It's an enormous arena. It's the biggest arena I've ever been in. Right? It's arena size. It's not a stadium. It's not a football stadium, but it's like a very big, wide arena. Like, uh, if you're thinking about like the bowl, like if you look across the court, like it seems like so much farther than it had been in any of the like arena. Foggy on it's the like, court. Yeah, where are you over there? Yeah, love the love the lighting though. They do the sort of like theater lighting. That was really cool. Just like sort of experience that as a day game. It was a twelve thirty Pacific time start, so yeah. it's got kind of they gave you the feeling like you were, it was a night game though, in, in, in some sort of ways, I guess. Well, they have so, to you know put the banners up to cover all the Lakers stuff. Yes. 
Although I'm sure the Kobe jerseys the Kobe numbers were, were there. Yep, noticeable. That, that was the other big takeaway was it was crazy to be there at Staples less than a week after the Kobe stuff. And all the flowers were still outside. Flowers everywhere. People, these big walls up that people were drawing on and writing messages and everything. The night before this game was the Laker, the first Laker game back where LeBron did the speech and they had all the tears and all the stuff. So yeah. it was like, it, it felt very raw. Uh, one of the things I tweeted that was notable is there's more Kobe jerseys than any Clippers jerseys. Sure. <laughs> like everyone was rocking Kobe stuff. I think I read that the, the ratings for the game where LeBron gave that speech, the, you know, mm-hmm. was the second highest in like, Wild. Like ESPN history or yeah, something for an yeah. NBA game regular season, yeah. So a lot of people tuned into that. So yeah, really fun to see Staples. Really, go, really cool basketball experience. And, and any cool food items? Um, I had a really good chicken sandwich. Okay, you know, really good fried chicken sandwich. But yeah, they got their food game is on point uh, there. They got a lot of really good stuff and really wide concourses. Even though that arena was built in like 2000 or something at this point, like right. it's been a while now. Like yeah. sort of, it still feels pretty new and, and stuff like that. So I really like that. Uh, but yeah, as far as the game goes, it was great to see Kawhi. And Paul George sure. play at the same time. They both played. They both played great. Did you enjoy the the refs uh, re- <laughs> calling a horrible game? That was it. Was noticeable. I I tweeted that Joshua Kogu was as mad as I've ever seen him in any game. He got his tech. He got a tech. Has he ever gotten a tech in his career? I don't. Think I so. can't remember one. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of a weak tech too. I mean, it yeah, just, it was it was obviously not a foul. Yeah, they were calling it way too close. I don't like when the refs call it like ticky tacky body stuff. Yeah. Like let them play. It's no fun, especially with the Clippers because they're the most. They might be the most physical, tough team in the league, mm-hmm. and that's the style they want to play. So that's what I I noticed in that yeah. Clipper game. But it, um, my one takeaway from what you said was I. We got to do that lighting at the target center. Yeah, I think so. I think some other teams got to take that on. Right now, it's just New York and L.A. It's like, come on, someone else get in on it. All right, then the Wolves' next game, 109-113 loss in Sacramento. Kept the road trip going and kept the losing going. Um, I don't know. I just had a a terrible first half uh, followed by a fourth quarter comeback. You know, we kind of saw that also in the Atlanta game. But, um, you know, the Sacramento, you know, you kind of look at that one as maybe one they could have gotten, even though you're on the road. But they've had so many strange games against Sacramento recently. It's like, okay, what's going to happen this time? Right. And this one was kind of more of a normal game, right? Like not too many... Not too many wild things happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just remember when I think about the Sacramento game and the Atlanta game, it's just like everyone in the paint scored. Like yeah. it was just an open layup line yeah, to the dunks. rim and you yeah. know, just dunks and layups, and it was like no one contested anything. Yeah. Um so yeah, and then and then the other night, Wednesday night, the loss against Atlanta, 120 to 127. That score is not representative of how this game was. Yeah. Right? This was one of those games that was much more of a blowout than the final score would indicate. The Wolves were just getting their butt speed all night. So many Timberwolves turnovers, really, really bad. And, yeah, Trey Jones was going nuts. and, and Trey, uh, Trey Young. Sorry, Trey Jones. I wrote down Trey Jones. Hey, shout out Trey Jones. Trey hey, Jones. We can draft my, him this year. We'll man. have a good draft pick if he wants to come. Trey this Jones is my man. my man. That's right. So Trey Young, 38 points. He was diamond guys up. He was playing wonderfully. And, yeah, both teams very shorthanded due to all the deals that were being made. And uh, Atlanta held some guys out in this game that were later part of a deal that happened after this game, right, uh, in their deal with Sacramento, sending Jabari Parker and Alex Len um, over there. So, yeah, a very strange, strange game with everybody being Everyone out. wanted to talk about Andrew Wiggins and how disappointing he's been. Jabari Parker was drafted one spot Number after two. him. That yeah. was the question. Andrew or Jabari, who would you rather have? It's been a tough career for Jabari Parker. Yeah, the answer there is still Wiggins. Yes. I didn't go to the game last night. That's how... Oh. Um, Wow, out of protest or uh, what was the reasoning? I, I you know, just I was tired. I didn't yeah. want to push it because this team has been terrible and Target yep. Center's dead. And yep. if I'm not going to the game, I feel like that should say something about. 
how this team is. I don't like skipping games. I mean, I want to be at every one. But like last night, I just felt in my head, you know, after the trade, there's not going to be a lot of guys there. I felt the team was going to come out looking dead too, mm-hmm. which they did. Not a lot of um, energy or enthusiasm for the game. And I think I'm, I'm just, I wonder if how much that uh, impacted what happened yeah. today. You watched last night and you're like, we still have a lot of games to go. Yeah, Carl, you know, you you are giving up. The yeah. way you played defense last night was horrible. You got to practice a little self care sometimes. I mean, Atlanta was one of the only uh, five teams that have a worse record than the Timberwolves, so right. you knew it was going to be two bad teams. But hey, Atlanta got better at the trade line. They may end up having a better record than us at the end of the season. Maybe so. You didn't want to see uh, Jeff Teague uh, last night, John. You didn't want to go yeah, uh, talk I mean, to I, Jeff Teague. The rare, yeah. the rare appearance of Jeff Teague at Jeff the Target Teague. Center this yeah. season. <laughs> yeah, I always liked Jeff because I would always joke with him about dunking, and then he would yeah. troll me and say he doesn't dunk. And then yeah. the next uh, dunk. The, that night he would dunk. Uh, but Jeff was a good a good dude. We've talked about the truth tellers before. Yeah. He just didn't fit what we were doing yeah. here. He didn't fit the system or the scheme. But I know a lot of the guys on the team really liked Jeff, Gorgie and, and Akogi and Wiggs. Yeah. They really liked him, and I know they had their little hugs and and stuff yeah, last they're happy night. to see each other play his butt off too got that block of course he did yeah of course that's what i did. call uh so neil and i were season ticket holders for two seasons uh the karolinko year the iron nine year and uh the last love season and the last love season we sat next to a guy who was just cranky and can- cantankerous oh and yeah. he would shout two things he'd be like you're garbage <laughs> he would yell. and he would also always the when a player that was on the timberwolves would come back and have a good game he would go you couldn't do that while you were here <laughs> and That's this really is a, you couldn't do that while you were here game from Jeff T for sure. <laughs> That's right. Where was this? That chase down block he had. Crazy. It's like where is that coming from, Jeff? But that that like last night the way the whole game went, I think it just it plays into how excited everybody is today because it went from like oh my gosh, we have to finish the season watching this yeah. to now it's a Colgi and Towns are the only two guys left from last year on the Tibbs era. Yeah, that's that's wild. But now we have this injection of young guys and exciting guys, and we'll talk about them. But it just—I think that's why I'm so hyped—is that like today it felt like you know a lot of people in Wolves Nation are reinvigorated and right. they are excited about the team. They are going to tune in again. And props to Gerson he and Gupta—they gave a lot of people who had checked out or were about to check out in the next like day or f- two, yeah. <laughs> they gave them a reason to now jump back in. That's right. And I am very excited about that. Yeah, you know, earlier in the week, the Twins had a big trade, and I think that immediately the Wolves front office was like, uh-uh, we're going to trade Robert Covington later this night. Just because like, we're not letting you steal the headlines. Yeah, and this Atlanta game certainly felt like the nadir of the season in a lot of ways. Oh, so. no, the nadir had to have been the Sacramento Kings loss. Seventeen, yeah. We were letting me by 17 know. points in the last three minutes. 13 games in a row, though, is still so bad. Well, it was all preheated by untucked gate. <laughs> yeah, it's pre-heated. true. There are there are many nadirs, Neil, so I'm there not sure go. if this is the nadir. Which, which, you want nadir, to your which nadir is it? Yeah, jo- Josh Okogie, second longest tenured Timberwolf at this point. Um, before we move on to the what everybody wants to hear about, the trades, obviously, I I just was obsessed last night with something that I've uh, I've noticed a lot since Trey Young has entered the league, and that he has terrible hair. He is going to be bald someday. You can just see his entire scalp through his thin doll-like hair, and he had these super weird bangs too that were just like really short. And then he has the curly hair on top, and it's so thin, and, and it's just like I can see your entire scalp, man. Like he's got terrible hair. 
Yeah, it's just it seems like there's this weird consistency sort of stuff. I, I don't I don't really know what's going on there, but I don't know. He gets to do whatever he wants, I guess. Well, Scott, you always talk about how you always felt so close to Wiggins or tied to him because <laughs> of you know work ethic, and you always felt like you could yeah. give more at work, and, and yeah. Wiggins could too. So doesn't uh, the the modern balding man feel more connected to Trey Young? <laughs> could be, could be. But I've got a great head of hair, so I have no no way of relating to that. Yeah, lucky you. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving here. Here's the tip. All right, we have trades to talk about. Oh my gosh, what a week of deals, wheeling and dealing. Everybody in the NBA loves trades. We had no idea what was coming for several, us. Several <laughs> trades we got in, but instead many, of breaking it down trades. by trade, I think yeah. we're going to first focus on uh, our former Timberwolves, our guys yeah. who are leaving. Uh, some of the you know most important players in franchise history, or at least the most present players in franchise history a lot. Um, so before anything, before we really weigh in on uh, how we feel game-wise about this, I just want to say, like emotionally, I get that it's it could be a tough day for Wolves fans. Even if you don't think Gorgie or Wiggins are ever going to pan out on an NBA level, even if you don't think they're going to be all-stars or contributing members to the next successful Timberwolves team, uh, Gorgie's probably the fan favorite on the team. In terms of people who know, and the Royal the only people left cheering for the Timberwolves are people who are really deeply invested in the team. And I think for that, Gorgie is really hard to see go. He's uh, Mr. Trebuchet. You know, he's G. He's, uh, you know, the guy that we've always had fun cheering for. He was the longest tenured Timberwolf on the team before today. And, uh, and also Wiggins, you know. Uh, I saw on Reddit just how many people, someone had a thread about like, you know, if Wiggins gets traded, I'll still cheer for the Wolves, but I'm also going to cheer whatever team he goes to because I started paying attention to the Timberwolves when Wiggins came here. And a lot of people kind of agreed with that. They're like, yeah, that's when I started paying attention to the Timberwolves. So I think there's a lot of Wolves fans who started their fandom with Wolves when Wiggins came here. And it's just a big thing that he's gone now. So we got lost a lot of smiles today. <laughs> lots of big smiles. We got a lot of players to kind of run through here. So I think what we're going to do is do this like sort of an order of importance, yeah. I suppose. And we got to start with Andrew Wiggins as uh, the most important player sort of leaving leaving the organization uh, this week. Uh, Scott, you have lots of um, numbers for Andrew Wiggins. Why don't you run those down as yeah, far as his you, accolades? If you look at the Timberwolves record books, Andrew Wiggins is all over it. He's top 10 in defensive and total rebounds. He's top 10 all-time in assists, personal fouls, minutes per game, and usage percentage. He is top five in games played in Timberwolves history, top five in free throws made and attempted, which is crazy because we never thought he went to the line that much the last few years. He's top five in steals in franchise history, top five in points per game in franchise history. He's top three in minutes, which is, you know, he's just played an absolute absurd amount of minutes every year yeah. he's been here. Uh, top three in field goals made and attempted, top three in two-point field goals made and attempted, uh, field goals missed, turnovers. He's second all-time in points in franchise history, and he is the record holder, number one all-time in Timberwolves franchise history in three-point field goals made and attempted. Counts will pass him by the end of the year, but he's just uh, he's very high in the counting stats, non-existence in all the efficiency and advanced stats like win shares and VORP and you know effective field goal percentage, all that stuff. He's missing, but in terms of counting stats, Pure, yeah. Pure counting stats. He has piled it on over the years, and he he'll go down as one of the top five, like you know, Timberwolves players, and just in terms of games played and stuff, you know, it's, it's huge. It's something we talk a lot about on the show. Is sort of like the lack of like guys who are on these lists for all time, like Timberwolves stuff, or like the low numbers, the low bar for yeah. some of these numbers and this stuff. Anthony and, Peeler. Yeah, it just goes to show you how this is how long Wiggins, relatively speaking, has been a member of the Timberwolves, and like 
you know, for the for their whole franchise history, like Wiggins, you know, being here what like six years or something like that, yeah. like puts him way up. They're six years starting basically every single game, right. playing like thirty five minutes, Big basically minutes, all these games, giving all the shots he wants, and they'll just get you into these ranks for a team like the Wolves. Um, John, what what were your feelings today? I mean, you know, we, we were talking a little bit beforehand off mic as far as you know the Wiggins yeah. experience and sort of like when fans kind of turned on him and stuff like that, but. Yeah. What emotionally, what what were you going through today? What what does this mean for sort of most Timberwolves fans to finally move on from Andrew Wiggins? Yeah. Well, I think it does to go what you guys were saying. It does speak to the only constant in Wolvesdom is change. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, Wiggs has been here for a long time. I tweeted today, but I kind of look back and my f- first year covering the team was uh, 2014, 2015. Andrew was a rookie. Gorgie was there. So these are the lone survivors. Those are the last two players that were there the first season that I covered. And it, it feels like an eternity ago. Uh, I think I think in general, there will be some people that were so tied to Wiggins that this will feel like, you know, it, uh, kind of it's sad for them. Mm-hmm. I think more people uh, had a, a, a positive relationship with G just because of yeah. the, the human element of it. And he the, just he was a true pro. He never complained about anything. And Andrew he, Wiggins also never complained about anything. Yeah. I don't and think. I'm not saying he did, but G was very. Uh, it was harder to criticize G. Yeah, it was very easy for a lot of people to criticize Wiggs. I'm personally extremely happy that both sides get a fresh start. Sam Mitchell was on K Fan with Barrero today, and he was just saying uh, he's like a Wiggins loyalist, and he's always he's always believing him. But even he said that he thought felt like it was just a great move for both sides. Yeah. This had to happen. I, I think I was telling you, you know, like I kind of broke up with Andrew in the middle of last winter. It was like my finally my moment. I had been making excuses for a long time. Like I always wanted to believe in him. And I think that's kind of similar to different experiences that Wolves fans have had with him. But I just I finally just I just didn't think that winning and losing affected him deeply enough to be a max level franchise star. I felt like him and Carl as a duo was not going to be able to get us even to like an eighth seed, which if you just step back, you know, you could love Wiggins or you could hate Wiggins. But the reality is we were on a, we were on a third, we're on a 13 game losing streak. We had an 11 game losing streak and we have two max players. And as a duo, they are, they did not get it done. And so me and a lot of people are extremely thrilled that now we're going with D'Angelo Russell. He, he's paid the, about the same salary and it's a little just, bit less it's, for the record, but it's refreshing because, like, okay, we know Wiggs and Carl didn't work together, and hist- historically, a point guard and a center, they have a lot of success as like a as, much as, better as, fit as, as a talented pairing, and it just so happens to be that we've been hearing it forever. Like we know they're good friends, we know that our three point shooting needs to improve, our dribbling is god awful on this team. We did not have a passer. I tweeted it out last night. Tell me the passers so that are good. Yeah. And yeah. D'Angelo is a good passer. And I think there's room even for him to get to. He's like at 6.1, 6.2 assists. He was at 7, I think, last year. I think there's room for him now. Run the pick and roll, pick and pop with Carl like every single play. And he could boost those assist numbers up. So I'm thrilled about the trade. And I would give it a 12 out of 10 amazing trade because <laughs> it was just time. It was time to move on from Andrew Wiggins and... 
just getting the point guard in Russell, I think, is an amazing opportunity, and we'll see if it works. And yeah, I think, I think that. Oh, go ahead. Neil. Well, I was going to say, I think for Wiggins, uh, the the allure of you know, there's never been a more hyped player in Timberwolves history, yeah. nor may there never be. Like his how tantalizing he was coming out of college, or even and, since he was in high school. Yeah. I mean, Riggin for Wiggins was a thing. He yeah. is so hyped, and you know, it just once again proves how rare it is for to have a LeBron who gets hyped in high yeah. school and lives up to every bit of the hype. Most times, if you hype a high schooler, it's not going to turn out so well. And Wiggins was definitely that. That just followed him like a curse and throughout we, his entire career. It was that no matter how good he was, he was never close to the hype. But speaking of the hype and talking about people who are upset today about losing Andrew, when you have the hype, and it's unrealized, even though it's been so many years, people can really hold on to that yep. and really be like, "Oh, it's so tantalizing. It's so close. I can see it sometimes." You know. And sometimes, so I get it. I get why people. Are kind of broken up it's like oh we gave up on him and it's like well it's been so many years come on a lot of fans have similar feelings about d'angelo russell drafted over two overall true, um, true, some true. people are still yeah. hanging on to that hype but i think that in in fit ways i agree with you john that d'angelo russell fits with towns better just because what wiggins was good at on offense was not pick and rolls you know he was good at iso he's good at getting to the rim he's good at cutting but he was never good at pick and rolls and that's what we run so much and d'angelo russell is a much better fit because he's he's great in the pick and roll yeah better and so it. i think that andrew will be a better fit for the warriors and d'angelo will be a better fit for us and i think that you know obviously i agree with you john 100 percent that it, they just needed a change of scenery with wiggins if he stands up if he ends up having great years in the in golden state which i expect him to continue to improve i've always said my since he came into the league, I thought Andrew Wiggins was DeMar DeRozan 2.0 in the sense that he's not going to make a huge jump. He's just going to improve incrementally year after year. And then when he's 28 years old, you're going to be like, oh, wow, he's an all-star. And you'll have like one or two years at like 27, 28, where he, he just peaks, you know, athletically and in terms of what he knows about the game. And he'll have like maybe an all-star season. And I, I think Wolves fans shouldn't be like, oh, man, we if we held on to him, we could have gotten that Wiggins because I think we were never going to get that Wiggins here. He needed that change of pace. Exactly. And, and I think scenery. that's the worst take. I've seen is the people that's saying, oh, he could explode and become great in Golden State. I really wish people would just step back and like, it was not going to happen here. Yeah. I, well, just even if he's not good in Golden to. State, it's not going to be max player good. He's right. going to be like nice yeah. role player and one of the best teams in the league good. And, you know? you know, I think it's true that Andrew was having the best season of his career. I've listened to a few of the quick reactions that other pods had about this. And they're saying, oh, after the first 10 games of the season, Andrew really dropped off. He didn't really. He, you know, his scoring wasn't as good. But at the same time, he kept up the rebounds. He kept up the assists. He played harder on defense than I've seen him play his whole career. And I feel like he was smart about where he he was taking a shot. So even though the scoring regressed a little bit, the other changes he made did not. So I yeah. think that, like I said, he's like DeMar. He's going to keep getting incrementally better every year. But I think that from an emotional standpoint, it's tough. We watched him go from a teenager to a father. You know, we've we've stuck and Wiggins is an easy guy to cheer for because even if he's not the most effusive or you know outgoing or anything, it's also you don't get any of those moments where you laugh at Towns being like you know making big proclaim you know proclaiming big yeah. things, and writing checks that his butt can't bounce kind of thing, yeah. his mouth writing checks. Like Wiggins never did that. You know, Wiggins never went out there and said I'm the greatest or anything. He was just quietly did his job, and that's frustrating, uh, I guess, on the court. Uh, but in terms of some a presence off the court, I. I think that I've always cherished Wiggins for the person he is. So I'm uh, happy for him. I'm sad that, you know, I love following his wife and his daughter on Instagram. Probably will unsubscribe from that content now. Uh, yeah. But, I, you know, I'm just... Uh, for me, I, I just to add just my kind of journey is like, I feel like I grew up a lot with Andrew Wiggins and like... Yeah, six years. It, I just, a lot of, a long time has passed. And I remember the first year with him as a rookie and 
and I remember the last time I was there in the locker room. And yeah. um, so from that, from that, it's it's just an interesting time to reflect. I think that's why I was left kind of speechless for a while because it's like I wanted it to happen. I think a lot of people did, but then it does happen finally after all these years. And I just think personality wise and mental mentality wise, like him and Carl were never on the same page. And I do think Carl and D'Angelo, they're like very similar people. And I'm hoping that they can help each other unlock their weaknesses. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll have lots more Wigan stuff probably in other weeks and stuff like that. We just got a lot, a lot, a lot to get to here today. It's true. I, <laughs> well, I, I think it's drops. okay. Obviously besides Andrew, him and Gorgie are the guys we're going to spend the most time on. We'll spend less time for Shabazz. Yeah. Obviously. Should we drop some Wiggins draft for the last time? Here? Yeah. Is that what you this get is the to? way Wolf's cast sends off people. We play all the drops. And so let's send off Wiggins with all of his drops. Shout the Drew Wiggs, man. Right, you finally listening. That's one of my favorite ones. That That's like an all-time top five drop for me on this podcast. It's going to be hard to say goodbye to that one. Maple Jordan. I don't know who that is saying that. Sounds like Roko. Roko, maybe. And shout to Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> that's a, or no, that's not. I was going to say that's Sam Mitchell. No. Jalen yeah. Rose. Jalen yeah, Rose. Yes, Jalen yeah. Rose. There we go. This is the best. It's never good when, you know, you miss shots. Oh, a classic. That's a top classic ten drop for me. Shots. Oh, Always love that one. You love seeing aggressive Andrew Wiggins. That's right. You know, it's never good when you miss shots. <laughs> yep. And those are, our, those are our Wiggins drops. All right. Well, goodbye, Andrew. We wish you the best. I will continue to cheer for you in Golden State, which is something I haven't done for years. Since they got Durant, I've never cheered for Golden State. So. And somehow on this team, there was someone who had been a Timberwolf longer than Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And we had to say goodbye to him, too. Great yes. segue, Neil. Yes. Uh, let's, you know, salute the Mr. Trebuchet himself, Gorgie Jane, a consummate professional. Yes. And, uh, Trade to Memphis uh, in a big, big deal for uh, James uh, James Johnson. Yeah. Right. A couple uh, big back. contracts yeah. got handed out the yeah. summer of 2016. Uh, we have Alan Crabb on the team. That he yeah. was one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Gorgie was the one where Tibbs just got here and there, everyone had all this cap space because the explosion in cap space. And so they extended Gorgie at a time on the pod. We said that's a smart extension. You know, if you just see. And unfortunately, the league shifted so far away from the center position yeah. dramatically. I, it was always a trend, but such a dramatic shift the past three years away from centers being important. Meant, meant, you saw with Clint Capella. You saw it with Clint Compella getting traded. Yeah. It's just it's not you can't pay a center that much, especially a backup center. So um, Gorgie was here for a lot of the bad times. He started at center for an entire season. He's uh, one season. He led the team in win shares, which is something only like 10 people can say for the Timberwolves franchise. Wow. So uh, but I think that off the court is what we're going to really remember him for. Just all the amazing work he's doing in Senegal um, was one of the reasons that he's easiest guy to cheer for in the league. And like I've always said that he's overpaid, but it's not money wasted because, you know, he's putting it to building hospitals and teaching people how to farm and stuff like that um so he was just and also great quotes uh we'll you know send off his sound drops in a minute but um just all over the record book um top 10 in minutes played steals field goal percentage true shooting percentage defensive rebound percentage uh win shares plus uh minus all that great stuff top five in games played he's fourth all time in games played he's top five in Total rebounds, top five in personal fouls, top five in effective field goal percentage, value over replacement player, and top three franchise history in blocks. So another guy who has etched himself into the Timberwolves franchise record books and will be there for a while. Yep, going to miss G. Got, the, got the, one of his jerseys uh, here this just year. This year. Just going to just gonna rock it going forward because, hey, he was uh, just one of my favorite you Wolves. Don't, you, and, you don't have yeah. to be ashamed of that jersey. No, you know, that's, that will always be good That's to a wear. good one. Gotta I'll, love I'll, G. I'll always miss him asking the media if it was okay if he prayed before he did his availability. Wow. Wow. And he's, he's like, 
Of course. So you're, someone's yes. gonna be like, no, right? But he would every time he asked for six years straight. So, wow. um, G was a great guy, and I know we'll miss him. But I'm hoping this. He's going to the coolest young team in basketball. Oh yeah, he gets, to, he gets to play with Tyus Jones again. Yeah. Tyus was excited on Twitter today about it. All right, should we get some of these drops out here? Some Gorgie. Nobody tells Gorgie Jang what to do. Most of them are Jim Pete. The angles of Gorgie's screens are very good. I like playing basketball. <laughs> Gorgie is a supremely confident perimeter jump shooter. G9! Oh, Gorgie Jang, get that shot out of here! G9 is pretty good. G9 is great. I like <laughs> playing basketball. Is another one. Yeah, I, really I like, like playing basketball. I need to stay. I think that might be a keeper. You know, it just goes for everybody. You know, it's just I, a good overall thing. I wasn't immediately sure if he was going to Memphis or he was going to Miami. Oh yeah. I thought, man, he's going to look good deal. in a Miami yeah. jersey, but he'll look good in a Memphis jersey too. That's that'll be a fun team. He'll be a good vet for those young guys. Well, okay, and then some of these other guys that are on their way out, more recent Timberwolves, you know, not quite as legendary as, you know, steeped in Timberwolves history, but uh, Robert Covington, Shabazz Napier, uh, Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley. Kata Bates-Diop. Um, Kata Bates-Diop, also, um, also all on their way out in this trade deadline. Let's bounce around a couple of these guys, though. Any any any, uh, any notable things we need to say about any of these folks as far as uh, on the way? I mean, Kata, I think, is the big one as far as, like, young guy that I think a lot of Wolves fans are, you know, bummed out about about losing out on, even though they got a bunch of young guys back. You know, it's not like we don't have any young guys anymore. We right. kind of had a lot of them already, but Kata played really well this year. I was knocking down the threes, and, you know, this year really kind of made me change my tune on what Kata could be and so it's kind of hard to see him walk out that door i think kbd is the one we'll look back and kick ourselves on i think denver identified him as a player they liked Mm -hmm. when we played them and they scouted him and i thought that he was quickly evolving just even from the start of the season to now so but if that if that's the cost to get that deal done i i guess so be it Uh, with covington i think that's kind of the one i'm having a harder time uh, kind of understanding in my in my head because you didn't have to do that trade. Right. None of those not, assets not, not were Not to get used. the D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. yeah, we thought that Rocco getting traded was a, a precursor to the D'Angelo Russell deal. Like, we have to do this if we want to get D'Angelo Russell. And then yeah. we see the deal today and we're like, oh, we could have kept Rocco. And Rocco would have been a good fit next to Cat and D'Angelo Russell. So you would think so. Yeah, he is the one where you're like, do we have to do that deal? I guess it'll depend on how we feel about the guys I, coming in, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I think it was purely an, an asset kind of a recuperation trade that Gerson and Gupta, they just said, listen, they've all, they always talk about you know, wanting guys on the, the same timeline as Carl. And so mm. with Malik Beasley and Wancho, they are on the same timeline. Yeah. And so just to get a look at them before a restricted free agency, we have control if we want. If they totally suck when they're here, then you can let them walk. But then also just to add that, that Brooklyn first-round pick lottery protected this year, Maybe they just said, "Hey, those are three assets for Covington," and you know, I don't know about his knees, but I don't know if that played a role at all. But at age twenty-nine, and maybe they just they just thought that they wanted to get more assets. But I'm still, I just that's the one that all day I've just been thinking a lot about. You wonder if they if they could have it back and like do things in a different order. If they like know what they know now, if they would maybe hold back on that one, but. Yeah, I mean, I think they just made a big decision to get way younger and really just kind of bottom out here and have a look at some of these other young guys. We'll talk about who they all are here coming up. But, you know, I think, yeah, they just kind of decided instead of, you know, instead of having Covington, they'd rather get a good look at Beasley and have his bird rights and, you know, do that. So, 
yeah, interesting decision here. Uh, and maybe they know something, too, about the health. You know what I mean? That's yep. the other thing you have to... Obviously, Covington, as someone who's under contract for a few more years, also very valuable at such a low number. But he's been in and out of the lineup with those issues with his knees and stuff. So, you know, you never know, really, what they... And, and there had been... And the smoke had been burning since draft night. Yeah. His name has been in yeah. the rumors so for a while. So you do have to question how much this new front office even valued him in the first place. Yep. And at the four, it clearly was not really a good thing so and napier bell von lay all guys that were signed this summer we all thought short contracts when they got signed we immediately said with this money these are going to be guys we trade so uh you know thanks for you know having for putting in the energy bell was really fun off the court shabazz 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 we don't worry about this anymore shabazz Shabazz. i think both the shabazzes in nba history have played for this team and uh shabazz we saw his first triple double so thanks for the memories you know we got some covington drops and I think Lovington is a good nickname. Everyone always says I got the best hands in the league. He just called me Rob, Cuff, Rocco. <laughs> I like Lovington. No, I mean, he caught on for a little bit, but we didn't really call him that after that, really. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I don't think we have any drops for KBD. Oh, uh, uh, we got a couple. We oh, got a couple. Let's hear yes. them. Because um, I was about to say. Kata Bates Diop is uh, putting it on tape right now. <laughs> for the Nuggets to watch. Yeah. KBD, corner three. And uh, KBD CBD was a really fun sponsor oh, ad yes. that we did. KBD I'm seeing CBD. we have a Shabazz drop we can play. Yep. Oops. We got Napier. Shabazz Napier pops for three. No, Bonley! Yeah! It's another Napier one on the board. Shabazz Napier, the blind dish. So many good ones there. Those are kind of the first times I've heard those drops, actually. Shabazz is the man. Didn't really use those very much. And then also, you know, before we move on to our next segment of Full Court Press, um, we'll talk more about the implications, but we also sent out this week our 2021 first-round pick, top three protected to the Warriors, as well as a 2021 second-round pick. But we'll talk about that more when we get to the implications of the trades. He's hitting up! Okay, next up, let's talk about who are incoming players here for the Wolves. Given, uh, you know, lots of guys going out that door, and uh, wow, just as many, <laughs> pretty much, coming coming right back in here. Um, Scott, where do you want to start with this? What's uh, What do we got? Um, well, we can get to the players. Uh, just a shout out, I saw Dane Moore tweet, and this is something that might change once we buy out people and wave people, but as of right now, the incoming roster has pushed us into the luxury, luxury tax. But we dump on, uh, you know, we dump on Glenn Taylor a lot. But for now, Glenn Taylor has approved paying the tax in order to secure there you go. Russell and complete the roster overhaul. So Lottery team playing the, ta- not, playing not the tax. Not cheaping out, yeah. you know, <laughs> even though there's a lot of complaints about Glenn Taylor. You got to give a little props when it's due there. Um, so, yeah, let's go to the big name first. You know, yeah, this is what D'Angelo. everyone is tuning in for. Neil, one of the more prominent D'Angelo Russell haters Ooh. in the Twitter sphere. You know, I'm excited to hear your opinions uh, because I've been much more in the middle uh, about this. So, Neil, I think first and foremost, what do you think about D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, I'm uh, I am I am excited about the D'Angelo Russell experience here. I was lower on him coming in because I thought the price would be a lot higher. And I also thought that they would never take back Wiggins. Uh, opinions were kind of set earlier in the season you know preseason almost so I never thought Wiggins could be like the centerpiece of this deal and so I always thought it'd be like Covington and lots more picks Covington and and Gorgie and a bunch of picks yeah yeah so I thought it would be way too much like mortgaging the future type of situation so first of all I think the deal is way better because of Wiggins is in it and just one first round pick so 
you know, we'll start look at, there. Look with at the, Neil going back I'm on walking, his stance now. Yeah, we no, got I, I, I remember saying at the time, though, that, hey, if this was going to be for Wiggins, then that's a whole other conversation. Because I also didn't like the fit of Wiggins, Russell, and Towns in the same that's team. That's the main thing. That's what I've been saying on NPR Slack. We have a very active B-Ball Talk channel. Yeah. And I, I've been saying it doesn't work with Wiggins, Russell, and Towns yes. taking up 90% of your cap with three guys who, who need the ball in their hands and don't play defense. But if you're you essentially swapping Wiggins with Russell, well, then we're talking about something a little bit different here. Exactly. So, you know, I'm still still concerned about the defense, but hey, the defense, you know, it's been it's been middle of the pack for the Wolves pretty much this season, but the defense has really not really been the problem, right, for the team. It's really been their inability to score the ball consistently and, you know, make threes and, you know, space the floor and these kinds of things. So, you know, I, I think they're adding the right sort of skill set in, in an area where, yeah, they've really been bad this year. So I'm excited for Russell. I'm excited for him as a, as, a, as someone who's could hopefully be a town's whisperer, as someone that shows, shows Carl that the team is behind him. And uh, I think, John, you've been tweeting a lot about this, of like basically the answer to any question is like did carl say it's okay like this is a you know ask ask towns because that's the most important thing in this whole thing is hey what does towns think of it so you know you get you get high marks there and you know it'll be exciting i think yeah the it's it's you can't uh, sort of you can't understate how much a shot in the arm this team and this fan base and this franchise needs at this point right maybe that's not the best reason to do a move like this but they really need some excitement they really need some fresh blood and some you know something to really cheer about so I'm open to what it could be and you know I think it's a good start to what hopefully is sort of a more in-depth rebuild that's that's here that's here coming and a lot of people don't like that I say that, that you know I'm, right ask so, Carl yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of people don't like that especially lately he's been getting killed because his defense has been so horrible uh, I, that is my number one concern is D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns playing defense in the pick and roll it's already been so bad and now I just worry that that's not a combination that's going to improve it so I think that I would like to see David Vanterpool kind of perhaps adjust to this drop coverage that are running I don't think mm. it's working at all Carl is uh, drops way too close to the rim, and he just doesn't have any sort of awareness yeah. when everything is in front of him. He's not good at reading. Uh, he's you too know, far the away, or or he's out of position. And I just I think the system. I'm more of a this system really um, brings out the worst in Carl. I know what the, what it's meant to do. It's trying to make it simple for him just and, to read it. Gorgie showed that if you follow the system, you could be a good defensive big man in the system. Yeah, but he's a you know he's a notorious he's instinctually. He blocks. He he goes shot block hunting uh, yeah. way yeah. too much. He's out of position too much. And but I think the on the flip side is the pick and roll on the offensive end. They have a chance to be unstoppable together. Mm. Uh, and we did not have a point guard at all. And I, I was, I would say we haven't had a point guard since Rubio left. Uh, yeah. I was a big Teague hater, not personally. Drove me nuts to watch him play, but I'm super excited to see the upside of Carl and D'Angelo in the pick and roll. And I think Malik Beasley as a floor spacer, he's got a chance. He he can really rip it from deep. So I'm excited to see what that looks like offensively. And if we're better offensively, I think the transition defense is going to improve. And it's gonna it might be a trickle down effect. Yeah, I really felt that during the Atlanta game last night. One of my notes on the game was 
Man, point guards are underrated. We're a real mess <laughs> with that one because we didn't have even Shabazz yeah. yesterday. And it was just like Trey is just getting these guys so many open looks in terms of getting it to the guys in the paint. The way he threw some great lobs, not only for alley oops, but ones where he just Culver was fronting and he dropped the pass perfectly where John Collins needed yeah, it. Yeah, that's his best skill. And a lot of times when he'd drive the hoop and at the last second when two guys committed to him, he'd drop a, drop a pass off so to good. the open big man. Yeah. And just watching all of that, I was like, yeah, we don't have anyone who can do that on this team. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, he becomes our best passer, you know, immediately. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I do think that hopefully, I, I mean, Towns has yet to prove that he can be a plus on defense. But at the very least, I think his effort should improve. Uh, you never want to say that your max player should put in more effort, but it's been clear that he just doesn't care. After the 11-game losing streak, he comes back and, you know, we start another 13-game losing streak because he just didn't care. He Crazy. just didn't care. Crazy. And uh you know, we've seen that when teams are out of the hunt for the playoffs, that sometimes their stars are like, why am I busting my butt for the yeah, that, that extra 2% we get on defense that we need that keeps all the glue together? Yeah, you know? especially in that February pre-All-Star malaise. It can, it can kind of happen. These guys need a break pretty badly. All right, so other players coming to the Wolves uh, through all these various deals. Malik Beasley, uh, Juan Hernan Gomez, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Jacob Evans, Omari Spellman, James Johnson, Evan Turner, and the 2020 Brooklyn first round pick that's lottery protected uh any of these names jump out to you do not have time to talk about each of them no even i think remotely close but well any of these names that's pop or what, what do you think about some of these guys? i think a lot of these guys have yet to really make an impact in the league jared right. vanderbilt there's been a lot of buzz that i think is encouraging um jacob Only 20 evans, years old jared vanderbilt <laughs> jacob evans was a guy we might have drafted instead of josh okogi i remember going into that oh, that was a yeah. guy we were highlighting as mm-hmm. and we talked about on the pod maybe yeah. we'll get him with the 20 pick and we got okogi instead um, so that's a guy that the Wolves have had their eyes on, even though it's different front office now. And Amari Spellman is another guy where it's just like hasn't really made a name for himself in the NBA because he's so young. And so those guys are hard to talk about. They have promise, but we'll see what happens with them. I think the bigger names are Malik Beasley, Juan, Hernan Gomez, who immediately beca- we lost a fun name in Gorgie Jane and we, we got, got a one. fun name. We got that one. Juan Hernan Gomez. That's a super fun <laughs> NBA name. Top top 20 NBA name. I just think as Beasley, if you put him at the starting two guard and you say, hey, rip 10 threes. I mean, he was really he was yeah. pretty damn good last year. Yeah, uh, I just think that's cool. I I would say I worry that Rich Paul is his agent. So uh-huh. if he has a really hot uh, shooting guard starter, kind of starts with the, the Wolves. I, I just worry he he declined that three for thirty with Denver. Mm-hmm. What does his number look like? And and then do we say if he walks in free agency or if Juan does? Then we're talking about we had a, a lottery protected first for Rocco. Then that's when we're going to start to question that. that deal, I, I, yeah. I hope that does not happen. Uh, Juan is really athletic. He was good for his international team. I, he was he has been good in Denver too. Both the guys they just got buried. Their minutes. Their Denver is they have too many good so guys. deep. Yeah. So I'm excited to see Juan. I think they they might start him at the four on Saturday. Yeah. I think they probably will. And Beasley at the two. And then I think the other guy that Canis favorite I think is going to be Amari Spellman. Okay. Uh, kind of think of a a four or five in our scheme. He's a shooter, right? Yeah, he can shoot. Uh, Atlanta traded him in his rookie year. They didn't believe in him, but uh, the the word is that the Warriors were very happy about his work ethic this season, and like he really took a step in like wanting it. Mm. And so I think Spellman is the guy that kind of makes me raise my eyebrow and say like, mm, is that guy? Could he be better than we think? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, Beasley and and Hernan Gomez, the Wolves acquire their restricted free agent uh, rights. So basically, they're both restricted free agents this summer. And yeah, they better at least be keeping Beasley in this situation. And and I think Rosas made a good bet on uh, the the market for for these guys in the summer. Not a lot of teams 
have cap space. That's just it. It only takes one offer, but you know, yeah, Beasley, as you mentioned, turned down three for thirty uh, preseason uh, from Denver. Said that's not enough. I can do better. Hopefully, it's more. You know, hopefully, it's still around that number, but maybe twelve a year. Something we get like that. to see if he can do better. Yeah, if he hits the open market and yeah. nobody offers him better, then, then we, we get say, lower. hey, yeah. we get that. You know, that's the joy of restricted yeah. free agency. So that's that, what you got to look for there. Um, there's a good article on the Rainer, uh, Jonathan Charks. Uh, wrote this, uh, will the Wolves blockbuster ultimately make Carl Anthony Towns happy? This was before the D'Angelo Russell trade. Yeah. And it was just very high on the upside of Beasley and Hernan Gomez talking about that they just lacked opportunity. They just nice. could not get the minutes. Yeah. But he said that they could be Eric Bledsoe and Tobias Harris are the two comparisons. So that might be a little pie in the sky, but if we end up getting those yeah, guys, those are the ceilings. it'll look a lot better in retrospect. Um, we, don't, we don't know if Evan Turner and James Johnson are going to stick around. Yeah, Evan Turner seems marks. like he's going to be a buyout candidate yeah um, that's what we've been hearing so we'll have to wait and see and james johnson has a potentially costly opt-in player option for next season so i think he can opt into like 16 million so yeah. technically i think that's a little lower than gorgie we basically traded gorgie for james johnson yeah. and million uh, dollars yeah million dollars different and so we'll see i guess that could really that's the only big thing about our cap space next year because that's another thing these trades did is they opened up a lot of cap space for the Timberwolves going forward in case we want to uh, sign Malik Beasley and Hernan Gomez in case we want to go after Fred Van Vliet this summer in case we're trying to open up some space to get Booker you know who knows lots, uh, of, lots of possibilities but James uh, Johnson's the only big question mark in terms of the salary hit for next season finally on these Denver guys I wanted to plug that um, I was on the uh, Denver Stiffs SB yeah. Nation podcast um, talking about they wanted me to kind of fill them in on these Wolves guys and they wanted to sort of drop some knowledge on me about these uh, you know these former Denver players so we'll have that in the show first notes. of all neil we'll how am i finding this out by twitter you don't tell me anything <laughs> how am i finding this out right now he slid, he slid into our dms last and then also so, yeah, yeah why is it that you haven't been on the show in two weeks and you're getting picked right and now. i've been here for every episode of wolves cast and so yeah if you want to know nothing. more about malik and hernan gomez and especially vanderbilt who i basically know nothing about these guys helped fill me in about what they could be and why they're you know bummed to see them go so we'll have that in the show notes denver stiffs podcast um great we got one more thing here for full court press He's on fire! All right, quickly, let's talk about what comes next for the Timberwolves. Like, well, well, there's so many new faces, so many new guys to work in here. The team's lost 13 in a row. There's about 30 games left in the season. Like, what what is the season now, basically? Because obviously, there's been a big restart button, right? We have 30 games to kind of look at these new guys. What do you guys see as kind of being the purpose, and and what what's the lens you're kind of viewing this last third of the season through? So we just want to know about the rest of this season. Is what yeah, I think so. I mean, for I think for now that's a good place to I guess, talk about. I mean, it. I guess it wouldn't be a worry. The only thing is if we get we start playing better, and then it's going to hurt our draft pick for this year, which we're keeping now. We didn't mm-hmm. trade it to Golden State, so there's no reason to necessarily want to get it better. But if you know, deloading has immediate chemistry with Cat and Beasley's trying to earn a contract, and we end up you know going 500 for the rest of the season, that's not the I, end of the world. I think know? that's a good thing. Yeah. You want it, you need. In fact, I don't think you can so blatantly tank you. You again for the fan base for for towns for sort of the vibes. You got to finish the season strong, right? You got to at least have something that people are excited about, fans and other players for this next season, right? Yeah, they got to win as many games as possible. This tank culture needs to die, like right yeah. now. Yeah, and, 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 to- and, and sorry to interrupt, but they can do that while keeping an eye on Beasley and these young guys. They obviously got a lot younger, and they have yeah. these young guys to look at, but they also need to be able to try to win games. Yeah, and they're going to lose enough games just from the, the, yeah. the sheer standpoint of like the talent they have, and they haven't played together. So that's going to happen. But I think we need to see, like, legitimately, do these guys fit together? Does 
just a D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley backcourt. Can we all envision that for years to come? <laughs> yeah. Does Juan look good next to Carl? Yeah. Like, I, we need to answer these questions. We've talked about before, but the more questions we can answer, I think, long-term-wise, that's that's the goal. And then if we mix in some wins and Carl and D'Angelo are happy and fans are coming to the stadium and they're selling tickets and the vibe around the Timberwolves has improved, I would consider that a good thing and a yeah. win. Yeah, Scott, what do you think? What are you looking for here in this last third of the season? I can wear my Michael Beasley jersey to games again. Just, you know, get that Beasley. Get that Beasley I didn't see what number he picked. I think it was like 16 or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah I don't know. if he, Beasley was eight, right? Super cool was, right. was eight. Yeah, uh, number eight. Number so eight, we'll see. So. <laughs> he should have been 28. That's what someone tweeted me. Malik Beasley. Yeah. Two and Ooh, two I like eight. it. I yeah. like it. The second. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really care about the rest of the season. So, I mean, in terms of well, what, their, what their impact is, I'm not saying I don't care at all. Like, I'm not going to watch the games. I'm going to watch all the games. I'm really excited to see how Beasley and Hernemic Gomez play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that we'll be a better team for the rest of the season. But I'm just more interested in the implications, you know, going forward. I think it buys uh, Ryan Saunders the rest of the season. Yeah. I think a lot of people were calling for his head, you know, at this point. And then as of today, I think he's clear till the rest of the end of the year, right? He gets a oh, new, at the new very life least, here. At the very least, yeah. Because <laughs> things are a little dicey there. So, yeah, now it's not really on him. It's, it's a different sort of thing. It's evaluation now. Yeah. Um, Neil, do you want to put in your thoughts about the final part of the season before I steer this towards some big nope, questions? Nope, go ahead. What's up? Um, I want to hear first, best case scenario, worst case scenario for the Wolves after this week. What I mean, do you think would be the best case scenario for Wolves fans? Uh, maybe we can go around and say yeah, that. Yeah, no, I just think best case is, yeah, like what John was saying of like Carl and 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 uh, D'Angelo look great together. You know, that's the most important thing. And the next mo- most important thing is continued growth from these young guys and you figure out who's keepers and who you're going to jettison here in this offseason. You have so many young guys i mean even just thinking about the iowa wolves guys who now get to step up and play before you even talk about the guys we acquired like evans and spellman and all these dudes it was just a crazy number of guys so you need to get as much data on these people as much information on these people as possible to know who's keepers for next year that's kind of how i would see like the best case scenario going is like oh they get lots of data on these players and they just get all these minutes you know I think you know you're still really focusing on the second half of the season, whereas mm. I think best case scenario is now that we have Russell and Towns, we get Booker somehow. We become the destination oh, like for like term. yeah, long yeah, term. Like, term. I yeah, mean, that's a cool. pie in the sky scenario. We wasted yeah. a lot of our assets to get not wasted, but we spent a lot of our assets to get D'Angelo. So how many assets do we have left if it becomes a thing where Booker is like, hey, I want to go play with my two friends. We talked about it, and now the two of them are in one spot. I want to go do that, and so I just think that like best case scenario is that we get a big three, and then we use these assets around the fringes to build some defense and what else we need to get that team to compete. But we become a destination for you know kind of a big three going forward. And just just for all the longtime Candace people, I'll do the worst case scenario. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, We play really really bad basketball. We lose tons of games, and we plant the seeds of discontent into D'Angelo's head. It's a bad opening experience with him. And now we have two guys that can easily conspire with each other to get out of Minnesota. <laughs> that is the worst case scenario in my head, and I really hope that that does not happen. Have we ever seen it in NBA history where two max contract players try to angle to get out, especially like want to go out to the same location, <laughs> oh, theoretically? Hey, like, the same but even separately, I don't no. think we've ever had two, never two max guys. It's never happened. And of course, with the Timberwolves, we know if it ever would happen, of course it would happen to us. But I think our worst case scenario for the Wolves is that uh, next year our pick wins the lottery and we get a number one or no number four pick because number we would four, keep it yeah. if it's number number three but I think everyone's saying oh 
man, the one time the Timberwolves are going to move up in the draft lottery, it's going to be this pick next year that the Warriors are going to get. And, you know, we say that, like, D'Angelo Russell and Towns just can't do it defensively. We're never going to make the playoffs with them. Wiggins wins a championship with the Warriors, and then the Warriors take our number four pick in next year's draft. And guess what? Next year's draft becomes the double draft, where high schoolers and college players can be picked. And so it becomes, like, the most loaded draft of the decade. And we've traded our way out of it, both with our first and second round picks. So I think those are kind of like the worst case scenario things where like the Warriors end up just handily winning this trade and then Beasley and Hernan Gomez leave for nothing. And then it's like, oh, we traded Rocco for nothing. These are the worst case scenarios. Minnesota Timberwolves fandom. Hope for the best. Expect the worst. And then we will get even worse. All right, let's get to our sponsor. Well, before we do, there's one last question. I can't let this alliteration go, Neil. There's other things I wanted to talk about. We'll go to it in the future. But the alliteration wise, I have to say this. Which team are you going to root for the most? Rocco's Rockets? Wiggins Warriors or Gorgie's Grizzlies? Ooh, uh, I like Rocco's Rockets. Yeah, I mean they could they could be very exciting in the playoffs. I think you'll yeah. have the most like of these three teams. Rocco's the one who's guaranteed to be in the postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm into the Rockets and, and Covington and that kind of thing. I don't know. What about you guys? I, I support Rocco, Lord Glovington. I think that even though he'll have the least impact on the court of all three guys, I'm already kind of on this Grizzly team fandom. I'm I'm upset at how fast they've rebuilt. You know, like we've yeah. been rebuilding since Love left and Grizzlies in like two seasons have done a better rebuild than we've done in six. And so I'm a little jealous of the Grizzlies, but I think they got so much better at the trade deadline in terms of future prospects. And, and I think it's going to be fun to cheer for the Gorgie and Tyus Grizzlies as they grow. So, yeah. So even though they're in the West, still, still I'm going to pick. Yeah, I'm going to pick yeah. Gorgie. Well, all three of them are in the West still. So yeah. Gorgie's Grizzlies is my answer. Nice. Let's get to our sponsor. Today we are sponsored by Zillow Real Estate Listings. Zillow makes it fast and easy to browse thousands of house listings online. They understand that the NBA trade deadline can have a strong effect on the housing market in NBA cities. And no NBA team has had more players on the move than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Our first listing is the former home of Robert Covington. It's a beautiful five bedroom home on Lake Minnetonka. The property sits on two acres and has a lovely view of the water. It's got an indoor lap pool in case you have to rehab your aching knee, and yes, an entire room just for your pet python. Next, we have a northeast Minneapolis high-rise condo with a panoramic views of the Minneapolis skyline and Mississippi River. You'll love living close to the action downtown and the walkability to shops and restaurants. Fun fact, the previous owner of this home is none other than former Timberwolf Shabazz Napier, and before him, it was the home of former Timberwolf Shabazz Muhammad. Are you the next Shabazz or Shabazz to own this beautiful property? Finally, Zillow is proud to list the former home of Andrew Wiggins. This six-bedroom estate is the crown jewel of Lake Harriet, a spacious, sprawling three-story home with plenty of character and an enormous backyard, which you know will be good for any NBA dogs like Cassie, who can attest. The outdoor basketball court features a maple leaf at center court and a rim that is in perfect condition. Nobody has ever dunked on it. Make your best offer today, American or Canadian dollars accepted. Don't miss out on Zillow's trade deadline deals. Zillow, you deal the players, we deal their homes. Thank you to Zillow for their support of Wolvescast. Up next, let's open up the mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo This segment's called Mailbag So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show Yeah, send us your letters Send us your messages 
to send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It's mailbag time. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the circumstances of uh, the trade deadline call for an all-trade deadline mailbag. And uh, to, thank you to everyone who sent in the, uh, the questions. We try to get to everybody, but we had to cut some because we went a little long on the first half of the pod. So Lots we'll try content. We'll try to answer your questions on Twitter, though. Uh, yes, if so we didn't get to you. it, we'll tweet it. Thank yeah. you for sending in your questions. We appreciate it. First one comes to us from at Lagomite. Uh, Lagomite writes, Today I woke up and thought the Timberwolves aren't going to win more than a handful of games this season. Am I still right? Uh, so, yeah, we talked about this just a little bit, sort of our expectations on how many more games they're going to win. It's hard to say. They definitely are. I don't know if they're definitely a better team. They're a different team, right? That has to be better than the 13 losses they've just sustained. But uh, how, I think they're a better team. I think they're a better team. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, obviously a huge, huge improvement on, on Wiggins. Uh, we'll see. I guess I don't know if I can say that. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, it's we have a, 32 games remaining. 32 games remaining. They are going to, like we said, they are most likely going to let the young guys play. You know, lots of mistakes will be had. Um, it didn't seem like they're going to win many more games here on out as it stood so i don't think that this will make them that much worse but yeah i, I don't know how i guess i could see them maybe winning like 10 more games i was thinking maybe 10 like, of the 32 maybe like 12 or 13 i don't know the strength of schedule yeah i mean i think some of the players are better i think having beasley and russell is going to be really exciting and there'll be a but, jump start right with right the, you would think that's a new coach or new players like yeah. always like these guys they rally around the yeah. new thing but also they don't know the system you know we spent a lot of times with the old players getting into pains. the system so i think that could you know growing pains that'll set us back they so. do have familiarity though russell played in a very similar system mm, in, in brooklyn so yeah. I, I think just by the sheer fact that they the the shoot the three-point shooting is so much improved oh, yeah. that you have to think that they're just going to win games where the variants where they just get on yeah, fire beasley and russell and even one yeah. 35 Ooh, love it all right next question from uh trav 612 at trav 612 writes how worrisome was cat's post-game interview saying his patience is running low. Is losing Covington and other friend Wiggins offset enough by D'Lo, both relationship and basketball-wise? Uh, John, why don't you start? It's not that? worrisome because he, because today gave him exactly what he wanted. All right, I think yeah. it was his final little message, like, get this done. I wasn't there, but that was the feeling I got when I read it at home. And I watched it. I was like, he's. this is a pretty clear message. Do the trade. Get it done. And I guess he spoke with Glenn today, and he was very happy about it. So wow. I think uh, I'm not worried about last night's little yeah yeah i mean this is aside from the front office yes we are building around you cat and we'll Mm -hmm. get rid of every player to get in guys that you want this is we've built the system around you already um i think that you know how close a frenzy is with uh d'angelo definitely makes up for losing covington and wiggins who are i mean he he seemed to be good friends with covington wiggins was more of a we have to like each other because we're the highest paid players on this team but i do think it's worrisome because what are you complaining about cat you've been playing terrible defense you've been playing some of the worst basketball of your career over the stretch and you have the audacity to complain in year one of a five-year deal it's just like I don't know, Kat. I just think that is a little annoying. And I would just add that I should say it is worrisome from the the standpoint. I don't want to exonerate him. Leaders need to lead. Yeah. And yeah. this constant, he's saying a lot of crazy stuff in his post-game media availabilities now where it's like, all right, not delusional, but it's just take ownership, Carl, and say, and I think he's kind of, def- he's been deflecting a lot. And last night was the worst of it, but his leadership needs to take a next step over the rest of the season. Yeah, you're supposed to be the best player. You consider yourself a top 10 player in this league. You're supposed to be the best player on our team, and you can't win one game since November. Like Maybe you should have a little bit more awareness of the situation, Cat. Look in the mirror a little bit there. Yeah, exactly. Next question from at ND Bremer. 
simply writes starting lineup Saturday? Question mark. Yes, there will be a starting lineup on Saturday. Andy Bremer. End of question. No. Uh, who is it going to be? Lots of new players and all this stuff. Uh, it will John, be John, Russell Beasley. Culver. Culver. Yeah, I can't let go of Cove. I think Juan at the four, Carl at the five. Nice. That would be my guess. I'm going to say that it's going to be uh, D'Angelo, uh, Okogi, and Culver because Flip's going to have a little, or not Flip, but Ryan's going to have a little loyalty to the guys who mm-hmm. have been there. Right, you got to earn it. Then we'll go Wancho and uh, Cat. Yeah, I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense, but I guess I wonder if if Russell will be able ready to play on Saturday, pass the physical, and do all that stuff. I Doogie said he thinks he will be, but that is a that is a technicality. Obviously, the next game when whenever these guys can all play, what is the lineup? What's your be, starting question? Deal? Yeah, I think yeah, I gotta give I'll give the edge to Culver. You know, I think that maybe so, but even those guys have been interchangeable a little bit. So yeah, yeah it might ebb and flow a little bit. But yeah, I think Beasley at the two, uh, Russell at the one, and yeah, Hernan Gomez. Uh, I think they're really going to get a big long look at him. <laughs> they need to maybe we'll go small and have Russell Beasley Culver Okogi Cat. <laughs> yeah, they did the other night, shorthanded. So we'll maybe, see. maybe we'll keep it going. All right, next question uh, from at Lex Drury. Lots of questions here from Lex. Uh, best and worst move, and uh, will D'Lo's mid-range game uh, be pushed beyond the arc to suit the scheme? Um, how, also, he yeah. sent in another question later that I included. With the door shut on the Timber Bulls, what's the new team-defining nickname? Roses' acquisitions just doesn't have the same ring to it. T-Wolves fully loaded? Yeah, well, I think T-Wolves fully loaded is a good good one to stick with for now. I'm just going to comment on the Will D'Lo's yeah, mid-range, mid-range game be yeah. pushed beyond the arc. I think that's the most interesting thing. In yeah, there. the shot values that Ryan t- had such a whole summer of putting in there, and now he's got this right. mid-range artist. That was the, the coolest thing about Wiggs this year is I, I felt like he did take that very seriously, and I respected that I thought he yeah. really put more effort into changing his shot selection and taking the criticisms and stuff. So it's a great question because D'Angelo is – you know he shoots. A, he loves shooting the mid-range jumper, and that's something that we really don't want in our offense. So that's a, a early question, and all eyes are going to be on it. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess because with Wiggins, it was like, oh, Ryan and him have such a good relationship. He's going to be able to be coached. Like they've been together for such a long time. But with Russell, it's like this whole new guy that they probably don't have a relationship. And how do you this is, you know the superstar, this all star coming in? Is Ryan going to be able to change his game right off the bat? That's where Pablo Prigioni is going to come into there play. They have right. that relationship from Brooklyn, and I hope that he can kind of take him aside. I'll be watching closely yeah. uh, during these games uh, how much him and Pablo are working. Yeah, that's interesting. Any other stuff, Scott? You want to comment on? I really wish I could come up with a nickname, uh, Lex. We'll have to hit you up on Twitter because yeah. uh, let us know. You yeah. guys are clever. Let's, we have a very clever uh, yeah. listenership. Let's get so, generated what, by what should be users. the nickname now that there's no more bowls on the team. Um, what's the worst move? I guess is the question. What do you think was the worst move this week? Because I have optimism that we're going to keep one of Malik Beasley and Juancho Herman and Gomez, and we got the pick. So I don't want to say it's the Roco trade. I, I guess, think that value is good, though. Yeah, I, I'm guessing the worst one, I think, is maybe Gorgie for James Johnson. If James Johnson opts in, he's been pretty bad lately. That's so. rough. Yeah, that's rough if he opts in. Um, but maybe you can use Johnson better next year than you could Gorgie. Well, I uh, guess in a, va- in, in a vacuum, it's better to have a wing, an extra yeah. wing, than it is to have a, yeah. an extra backup center. Big, especially if defender. And Ryan has shown he's not playing two bigs at the yeah. same time. So. I can see them playing J- James Johnson next Four. to Carl. Yeah. We all knew that they, they were not going to go back to the Gorgie-Carl pairing, right. and they want to get... To look at Nasreed 
And so if the 12 minutes for him as the backup center is more meaningful for Gorgie. I think this is probably a favor to Gorgie to say, hey, you were such a great player right. for us. Let's get you to a, a better situation. Next so, one here. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? What, what do you think is the worst move? I yeah, guess let us know. All right. Uh, from at uh, Double Asterix. Uh, right, so who would be the first person to get caught doing something by D'Lo? Ooh, D'Lo the snitch. Yeah. Out here. <laughs> yeah, Out he here. Broke, broke up Nick Young and Iggy Azalea's relationship. Yeah, back in the day. Well, some Snapchat issues or whatever. But Who's, gonna, uh, who's he going to get on camera? Who is he going to get now? I mean, uh, this is this is a tough one, but, uh, you know, I don't know. At the time, it was like a vet, you know, that he was like the young guy getting a vet. You, you probably won't, this same issue probably won't strike twice, but uh, trying to think who's like a vet who's still on the team. <laughs> the team Evan That's Turner. Just, or I don't know players. if he's gonna play, but I guess I think it's maybe something, maybe the opposite. Instead of a vet, he's gonna catch Culver making a standard rookie mistake, and ah, so everyone's nice. gonna it's be the like, other way around. Oh, yes. here's Culver. He's drinking alcohol. Oh, isn't, wait, isn't he underage? Wait, yeah. Should oh, yeah. They're, they're gonna be at Top Golf down right oh. in Oklahoma City or somewhere like that. And yeah, they're passing gonna catch. Culver told the media he doesn't drink alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. here he is with a beer in his hand yeah, in the, the background of the Snapchat. So. And he, I, he didn't t- tell them. I don't think he told the media that, but yeah. I'm just making it up. We're but, assuming. Yeah. Um, just take Snapchat he, away from D'Lo. Just get rid of Instagram. Oh, I got to go follow him tonight. That's an exciting oh, yeah. thing we can do after this. Follow, follow, follow all the new guys. Yeah. All right. At Travis Shan writes, favorite non-D'Lo acquisition. So which one player uh, do you like that the Wolves acquired uh, for going forward that's not D'Angelo Russell? What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I'm drinking the MB's Beasley. Beasley Kool-Aid. is certainly the most like, oh, this guy could be a starter. It's very exciting that they have him. But as far as like a young guy under the radar that I, you know, I think might be interesting. I, I, I got, I got to say, the Denver Stiffs gave me a lot of hope for Vanderbilt. I've heard I mean, good things about him. Non shooter apparently at this point is a big as like a four. You know, he's a pretty big guy, but apparently he's just one of the best rebounders in the league. Elite when he gets rebounder, out there. elite rebounder, it's, and apparently it, a great passer too. It's also like that that uh, meme on Twitter. Or it's like the folder is empty, you know, where it's just like, I've seen Beasley play basketball. I have seen Wancho play basketball. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember a single him. minute yeah. of Vanderbilt playing basketball. Been, he's mostly been in the G League, Kentucky guy. Uh, he so. fits my highly su- successful PKP draft model. Pick Kentucky there players. There. I like it. <laughs> there you go. All right. Two more here from this one's from O Sesquip. Uh, if you had uh, if you had to trade one of Scott or Neil from the pod, who would it be uh, and why? And uh, what would you expect in return? This is. This is deep. This is. This is I think you would. I think you would have to trade Neil. You know, he's he. Uh, the best I, ability is availability, and Neil yeah. is severely questionable in that regard. It I've seems, shown that I'm expendable. Yeah, you you've left. I mean, on one hand, though, now that you've said that, I've realized I'm more expendable because I've got availability, <laughs> but I don't edit it. I don't upload it. I don't know. Yeah, are we roles. hosted on Libsyn? I, I have no idea. I have more roles, so and yeah. so I think that you do more of the work. So if if you left, I would have to do that. So actually, I think trade me because I just want to go somewhere where I can roll up. Uh, uh, talking to a mic for an hour and then not think about it again for yeah, a week. And as far as what I would want to get back in return, I, I would need someone who, you know, is really good at, at trivia and putting together a game. It's true. That I is do bring your the consistent game. sort of role is to make sure well, that 95% there's a game. of the time I'm the guy. Yeah, that comes not today, though. We're going <laughs> to. Let's cut, cut that, that for the day, but that. but we do Scott. That's his consistent thing, and and, and yeah. So that's what I would want to get back. What would we want? Okay, yeah. yeah. I need to get somebody back who's just like into the editing and stuff. Yes, 
Yes, maybe maybe it's John. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we can. Get I guess it'd be nice to out. get someone who's a little better at the analytics on the podcast because ah, both see. of us are not yeah. stat guys. And I think some to some lengths that's an advantage of this pod is a lot of other podcasts they can do that. They yeah. have a great you know handling of more advanced statistics where yeah. we, we are more like who has fun nicknames. <laughs> I feel like you guys just grew as brothers with yeah. that conversation. Wow, thanks, Osisquip. But I, I, I would also I would also trade you, Scott. I'm sorry, just Neil that the production. And stuff that's so true. Hard. The production quality is hard to pride ourselves. Lots of people can talk to you, Mike. So I also think, really. like, if we weren't doing this podcast, uh, that would cut out like 90% of the conversation Neil and I have, right? We don't talk about anything but basketball in our relationship mostly. <laughs> what else is there? Very, very little, but uh, ball is life, yeah, that's ball, all right. Ball it is. is life. All right, last question here from uh, Matt Monty 95. Do you think we're waiving anyone who came in? So, any of these players that will ultimately not play for the team. Um, you know, I think lots of rumors about Evan Turner. I think he's the most likely. Yeah, buyout. You know, buyout might want to get you know be playing with a contender with the playoff team at least. And um, if James Johnson wants a buyout, we'll give it to him sure. just to get that option off. We'll uh, waive you, know, you, man. But he's got a player option, and I don't think any playoff teams are like, yeah, we can sign James Johnson now. So yeah. that's probably not going to be a thing that happens. Yeah, so those are the two most likely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we don't believe in like Jacob Evans or Omari Spellman, maybe they get waived. But I think that, you know, Omari Spellman, by the way, the only guy who, uh, on the roster now who's an NCAA champion. Interesting. Villanova, right? That's right. Villanova guy won, won it all in college. Wow. So. Is that going to be in the, in the game? Uh, it was. And oh. now, now I just I brought that fact up to the surface because we're cutting the game. There you go. He was right. a first round pick. I'm very intrigued by him. Lots of those on this team now. All right. And thanks to everyone who sent in questions. Uh, if we didn't get to it, we'll uh, follow us on Wolf's Cast and we'll respond to your questions on Twitter. All right, and up next, Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All righty, we have uh, some awards to uh, honor some folks with right now. Um, and it's Weekly Wolfies, and this is how we're going to end the show here. Weekly Wolfies today, everybody. Um, I'll get this started off uh, with a podcast that you should be listening to. And hey, it's exciting times in the NBA right now. We got the trade deadline, we got All Star coming up. But you know what? There's a little bit of malaise too that happens at this point in the NBA season. And I'm always advocating everybody to follow follow some more of the WNBA. Right? Uh, it's uh, free agency is about to kick off. Uh, here in the WNBA, and uh, the Windsider podcast is one you need to hear. There's not that many um, WNBA podcasts, especially like league-wide podcasts that cover everything, and the Windsider podcast is one of those. Um, so they're doing a great job getting some great interviews and um, talking about the off season right now and who's going where and what might be happening for this upcoming 2020 WNBA season that is upon us here in the summer. And that so, is Insider with a W. It is not Win Apple Cider. It's not Win Space Cider as an right, Apple Cider. Right, yes. Insider with a W. Yes, yes. Thank you, Scott, for that. But yeah, the links to that will be in the show notes. Listen to the Windsider podcast. I was on uh, a couple times in the past. It's it's a good show ran by people who really know their stuff and really uh, keep their ear to the pulse of the of the WNBA. So uh, check them out uh, this winter here in the off season. Well, speaking of women who ball, oh. uh, I have an honorable mention. Until uh, the last minute, I was going to give this week's Wolfie to Paige Beckers. I'm sure we'll have lots of opportunity to give that award to her in the future. Number one ranked women's prospect in, uh, in, the whole in the country and was on the cover of Slam Magazine this week. Wow. So she's the real deal. Neil, let's go see a game. 
before yeah. she's out of high school. Hopkins because High. I remember yeah. seeing Tyus in high school, and it was like <laughs> a joy yeah. to see him. So let's let's go see. Yeah, him I was gonna say let, let's put it in the show notes or a tweet out there. Like I want to do it. So let's let's get some. Who wants to go watch Paige? Yep. Uh, play some basketball. Let's let's go see. Yeah, we can get a group together. We can make signs and stuff. It'll be great. She's already uh, committed to UConn uh, for next season. So yeah, so she's she's onward and upward. Probably in the W someday. She's great. So yeah, excited to see her. Play My Wolfie though, however, yes, is yes. going to go to a trivia team name last week at trivia a couple days after uh the bad news about kobe bryant unfortunately uh a team name at trivia was i can't believe kobe passed <laughs> love it i get it not too soon I get not it. too soon no, that's i love a good it one. yeah that's that's a, that's an not awesome a, not a guy known for in passing did they win the win the night oh no we win okay we win oh every time uh yeah that doesn't sound very fun. Well, it is for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, what you got? Uh, Wolfies this week. I I didn't think about it until now, but I, I'll give it to Gerson Rosas. Oh yeah, I think I have not in my in my career uh, covering this team for six years and in my life uh, following this team since I was a kid. I've never seen them be this aggressive. The, the yeah. Timberwolves have always been criticized for taking way too long on making decisions about coaches, general managers. Um, cutting bait on guys and i just thought this kind of aggressiveness uh it's refreshing and it's cool and i and i get like you can't preach a family culture you can't talk about going to the bahamas and then trade the entire <laughs> roster so yeah. you at some point you have to put the team together and it's got it you got to roll with it for a while but i love the aggressiveness after the last you know tibbs and Layden they didn't make their first trade for 16 months or whatever wow. and this is like Nine months later, he just blew up. He just dropped a bomb on the Traded entire roster. Everybody. Traded so everybody. I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna whether it works or not. I don't know, but I love the fact that he looked at the general fan base and he saw that everybody was very displeased and and he they really that this is a whole new team. Yeah, they're doing it. They're doing. It. He's putting his stamp on the team. And he's not biding his time. He's moving with urgency, which is something this fan base needs. Yeah, and you, I think you got to appreciate. Yeah, the fact that he's work getting to work right away. You know, first few months of, the, of having the job. You know, obviously he started the season one way, but then as soon as you see it's not working, as soon as you see there's a star available for a pretty good price. Jumping all over that, you know, and, and keep the assets flowing. We now have a Brooklyn pick for this year. We have our own pick. Uh, we have we can't trade our own pick because we just traded next year's pick. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have a bunch of guys like Spellman, Evans, guys who can fit. You know, that's why he signed all of these guys like Shabazz uh, and uh, you know Jordan Bell and stuff, yeah. so he can make trades. And we've got we've got guys that we can trade. We've got assets that we can trade. And Devin Booker, we're coming for you. And the one thing I've learned over the years, just to tie it into a bow, is that the, one of the worst things you can tell Wolves fans is to be patient. Uh, and Gerson, he just did uh, what he has just executed. He's not being patient. Nope. Yeah. And so I respect that. And we've been begging for that kind of leadership as the, as the Pobo. So I, that's my Wolfie. There we go. Shout out to Rosas in the house. All right. That's uh, that's going to do it for our show. We're going to forego games because we're running super long with so much to talk about. We got a guest in studio. It's all happening. We'll play play a, a double game next yeah, week. Yeah, and come back next week because I'm sure there's going to oh, be more things we we'll overflow. know about. We who, overflow. Gets, who gets bought out. We'll have some evidence of who could, what they look like in Wolves jerseys. The lineups, and, the rotations. So there's, there's a 
lot of exciting stuff. And plus, I didn't get to make a game this week about the, all the fun facts and media guide stuff. Like, mm-hmm. who plays the tuba? And uh, you know I'm diving into that. You're going to have to go week. to the Denver media guide. Oh, and, I'm already yeah. on top of it, yeah. my friend. I'm always yeah. on top of it. Um, John, thanks for being here in studio for us. What are you working on? What can we expect from you on Canis Hoopa soon? You said you're, you're working on a piece. What's, what's happening? I'm working on a few different things. Okay. I, I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to try to write a, a goodbye kind of thing to Wiggs and Gorgie. Nice. I think just, just my relationship with them and all of our relationships with them. Uh, I'm going to uh, work on a kind of a defensive scheme thing. I'm just okay. very worried about it. So yeah. I'll be working yeah. on those things and kind of trying to figure out my thoughts and feelings around those. And then, yeah, just, just follow Canis Hoopus. Uh, everybody is doing a lot of work lately, and I can feel it in the Slack channel. There I can feel it in the writer's room. You know, you, everyone's Everyone's popping out of the woodwork. You know, at during those long losing streaks, you say, who's got the recap? Nobody nobody wants the recap. <laughs> nope. Then this D'Angelo trade comes, and it's like, Slack channel's like, ooh, everybody's little bubble is green. They're in Slack. <laughs> so you can feel it across the fan base and everywhere. So I'm excited for that. So come to the site, check out Wolvescast, and uh, yeah, we'll keep going. All of our blogging partners, too, you know, especially Canis. Like, they, they've been there for a long time. Discovering That's right. It's a great website. Talk about John, all the other great Leave pieces. some comments. Yeah, over at Canis Hoopus, the show will be there. We're going to keep it on going. And, uh, yeah, we will be back with uh, more, more coverage of all the trade stuff and the new guys and all this stuff. Lots to talk about as the season progresses. All-Star break coming up. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode of Wolf's Cast. And one final time, shots to Drew Wiggs, man. He probably listening. Oh my god! We're having a fire sale! Oh, the burning!